Listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. If you are wanting to streamline your theme therapy planning process, but you don't have the time, or creative energy to plan by themes for your elementary caseload, I want to encourage you to check out the Theme Therapy SLP membership. This is a monthly membership for elementary school-based SLPs that provides printable and digital materials for your pre-K to fifth grade caseload. Each month, you get two monthly themes that cover book cheat sheets, flashcards, digital materials, toy and sensory bin guides, visual crafts, and worksheets so that you have everything you need to successfully implement a theme-based approach without the stress. I love planning by themes, and I found that when I had activities for all the grades. I was able to streamline my therapy planning process. And Deanna said this about the theme therapy membership. She said, it changed everything for me. I'm a new SLP and having access to such great materials has saved me so much planning time. My students love the materials and my therapy sessions are fun, engaging, and the talk of the school. Felice's tips for implementing the materials are worth the price of the membership alone. So if you are wanting to enjoy your job again, have some fun, keep your students engaged, and know that you're planning quality therapy, let someone else take lesson planning off your plate because I know how much you already have on it. So if you're interested in this theme therapy membership, the doors are opening this summer 2022, and you can get on the wait list now at themed therapy slp.com. And if you ever have questions about the membership, you can always reach out to me on social media at the dabbling speechy. And today we're going to be talking about things that you can streamline in your caseload. Because when we have things streamlined, when we have systems set in place, we are able to do a good job and serve our students well even when it's crazy, (laughs) when it's crazy. And that is one of the reasons why I did create the theme therapy SLP membership, because I knew that planning theme therapy and streamlining that process for myself helped a lot with planning my lessons. It took away a lot of overwhelm, a lot of stress, but I also saw that it was a big roadblock for myself and other SLPs because it takes time and it takes practice. And so I figured why not help other SLPs streamline that process so that they can get down to business and do some therapy with their students and actually focus on that instead of stressing about what they're going to do in therapy. And over the years, I have looked at things 
like how things are going on my caseload and figured out, okay, what systems do I need to start setting up so that I am more streamlined in this area? And usually I would would pick areas based on what was stressing me out in the moment. And it wasn't like things just changed overnight. Like, oh, I saw this problem. I'm going to streamline it now because reality is is that we have really high caseloads or very large workloads. The piles of things that we have to do each day is is enormous at times, right? And especially when you have those really busy months where you're like, how the heck do I have 30 IEPs this month? I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, you're like, holy Toledo. Um, it, It makes it really hard to get things done. It makes it hard to make progress in areas, right? And so I would identify areas where I felt that I could improve with streamlining my caseload management. And then I would chunk, take, you know, take small action steps towards creating systems so that those things were streamlined. And as I saw problems, I went and looked and said, okay, what could I do to make this a little bit easier? Or, oh, you know what? I need to create a form. Or, oh, you know what? I need to create an email template so that I have access to those words when my brain is fried and I need to get out a quick email really quick. So that is what I did. And I'm going to share four different things you can streamline with your caseload management. So these are things that you're not going to make, you know, I don't want you to leave and go, okay, I'm going to do all four things that Felice said, but maybe there's one area where you're like, you know what, this was a point of stress for me this year. And I don't want it to be like this next year. Right. Um, and you, you know, and if you're starting to wind down the school year, you're, you're ending school in a couple of weeks or, you know, you have one month left, this is the time to start reflecting on your school year and what was really hard for you. Um, and those are the things that you can go, you know what, I'm going to start streamlining some of this stuff now as I wind down the school year. Or if you're so tapped out and you're like, please, I can't handle one more thing to change or get better at, write it down so that at the start of the school year, you can hit the ground running and get some of these things set up. Okay. So, you know, this is the first question that you, you're going to ask yourself, what is causing me stress or what is something that I continually do over and over again and feel like I'm always starting from scratch? Because if that's you say you have to start from scratch or you have to rewrite this email or rewrite this, this blurb on the report, that might be an area for you to streamline. And then I also ask myself, what could I do to make this year or this, this either this year or this area in my caseload management easier to execute. So what could I do to make this area with my caseload management easier to execute? And then I would develop systems and take small actionable steps to getting better with that caseload management area. So when I streamline areas of my caseload management, my stress levels reduced, I can make quicker decisions and I know where things are so that I can make those decisions and I'm not going, wait a minute, where did I put that thing? 
that the teacher wanted me to send them. Okay. So here are the four things you can streamline with your caseload. Number one, and this is a big one, your speech referral process. You need to look at what speech refer, like what is, what could I get more efficient with my speech referral process? Every year, teachers are going to refer students to you. It's inevitable, right? And there was one year in particular where I just felt like people were, I sent out the email, I put, you know, I have my speech referral papers for them. And yet people still stopped me in the hallway or they were still referring me, uh, language students, even though I told them the process of, you know, going through the RTI system or, you know, they, they just weren't following it. And I was at two different sites and I was having a hard time managing, you know, who referred who and forgetting you know, teachers that referred kids to me because I wasn't at that site to check my mailbox or I had put all my referrals in a binder at my other school. So I was like, you know what? I need to come up with a digital option for collecting speech referrals. That way I can access that information no matter what school I am at. The other part of the speech referral process that I really needed to streamline was making a binder with all the handy hand and things that I needed when someone asked me a question or when someone referred someone to me and I was either going to, you know, get parent permission for possibly putting the child in a speech improvement class or the steps that I needed to take to call the parent um, or send an assessment plan. So what I did was I created a speech referral binder. And I took time to think about the forms that I used all the time. Um, and I walked through some of those processes of what I did and I made photocopies of all that and I stuck it all in the binder. Um, then I made a Google form for my speech referrals. And I have a blog post where you can get that Google form for free and, um, you know, customize it as you want. And that way I would send that out at the beginning of the year. And then anytime that a teacher said they had a speech referral for me, I sent them that Google form. So I, it was time stamped. I knew, you know, I would check it and I knew where the kid's information was from there. And then I could track once I took care of that referral. And that really, really helped me. In fact, I have a blog post about why I have a speech referral process and why it's so important because we want to find good assessments. We want to do assessments that are needed. And when we really think about how much um, an assessment takes, it can take, I've did some of the math between the meeting, writing the report, doing the assessment, having the IEP meeting, it can take me 10 to 15 hours to do an assessment, especially if the student is bilingual or there is a lot of components to the assessment for, you know, let's say there's suspected um, autism diagnosis. Well, I want to make sure I'm doing informal assessments, observations, you know, all that stuff. That's a lot, right? So the more that we can streamline the speech referral process, the easier it is gonna, it's going to be on you. The other thing that I streamline with my speech referral process is 
knowing the systems for how a referral typically goes. Now, this is a guideline, right? This is a guideline. This doesn't mean I do this with every single student, but when we have guidelines, it helps us to make better clinical decisions. And so at the start of the year at um, both my sites, I made the effort because I knew in the long run it was going to pay off. I did not want teachers at student study team meetings, which is like an RTI meeting just to go, oh yeah, um, I have a concern. And so I want the speech pathologist to test the student. And then the team goes, great, let's do it. And then you get the case and you're going, this kid could be a speech improvement kid, or this sound is, is developmental, or this child um, is bilingual. And we need to do some RTI before we just jump into an assessment. I have a lot of questions. And so I did not want that happening. So I sat down with the, the student study team and the psychologist and the principal. And I told, I explained my process and, and I asked the team as well, like, what do you guys do at this school? And and then I put it in writing and I had the um, principal check it and approve it and the psychologist approve it because then when anyone emailed me about a speech referral or asked a question, I could refer to my Google Doc with my process and I could even send that process to them. Like these are the next steps that you need to take. Um, and yes, did this take some time? Totally. But now I have a Google Doc that I can tweak and and fiddle with and make, you know, make the system set up for different sites even very easily. I can just make a copy of that and put in what I need. And so I am big on creating a speech referral process because of all those reasons I said. One, it will help you to have answers when someone's asking you a question about why or why not you are taking the referral right away or referring them to the RTI process. Um, you can keep track. You want to be able to track your students so that you can effectively get back to the teachers because that builds trust when we can effectively address their concerns about a student. If we put it off and they have to remind us constantly because we didn't follow through, man, they're going to think you're a flake. I mean, even though you're not, you're, they don't have, they, half the staff doesn't know what you're, what you do every day because they don't know that you serve 65 kids and they don't know what that really looks like. But that's what they see. The, the times that they come to you and you don't follow through, they are going to think you're a flake. And I don't want that because I want them to want me to come into the classroom to want to refer kids to me and consult me because if they get tips on how to help their students um, better, they're going to trust me with the things that I tell them and they're going to try to do them. So that is a really big first step impression when you're working with your staff is your speech referral process and being consistent and efficient with supporting them. The second thing that you can streamline for your caseload is your speech reports. We have to bust out some crazy long reports that are legally defensible. And you know what I started to do? I started going, well, this is what this is why I started streamlining my speech reports. Number one, I was getting um, 
pronoun errors because I was trying to scramble and grab information from previous reports. And it was, you know, I used the wrong pronoun for a student or sometimes even the student's name would be wrong. And that is like, that happens one time and you're, it's embarrassing. And we know why that happens is because we're just, we're trying to scramble for the deadline. So I created report templates where that's never going to happen. (laughs) that's never going to happen again. Um, because I have it, uh, strategically placed where anywhere there could be a student's name, I have an apprentices with the student, and then I can do a search and replace for that student's name and change it. And then I can go back and, and, and obviously proofread, but also I would find myself at three in the afternoon sitting there going, what do I say? What do I say? how do I interpret this test? I mean, isn't it the worst to have to do a whole day of therapy? You're using your brain all day and then you have to go and write an intellectual, concise report. It's really hard. And so I found that when I had speech templates, when I had summaries um, set up, for different areas, treatment areas, it helped me generate the words that I might need to use for a student. So if I did some um, observations or if I've done previous summaries for different tests, I would edit them so that they are, like I said, they have no names in them, but I would keep them. I save them in a Google Doc so that I can reference those later when I have a kid who is similar. Of course, I'm not just going to copy and paste, but maybe I just need to reference the wording for explaining what um, what it means to have strengths with receptive language or what it means when you have um, areas of weakness with oral narration. And I just want to have a concise statement that I could tweak because then it's a, you have a starting point. Um, I started doing a lot of assessments for bilingual assessments where I was doing informal um, assessment type tools and just having the wording there to reference was really, really helpful. If I was doing an observation in the classroom or an informal assessment, like I did the self five pragmatic checklist and I like to draw um, observations and how I explained it. I spent a lot of time setting up a template for that. And so then now I use that with a lot of my different assessments. Um, same thing goes with, you know, a long, long time ago, the department of SLPs, we came up with all of the descriptions for the different tests. So I have a document with a template with all those ready to go. And if you are needing a speech report template, I have one for you. It's free. And I will link to that in the show notes of this episode. But when we have a template for our speech report, we can bust those puppies out a lot quicker if I do say so myself. All right. Number three, The number three thing you can streamline for your caseload is knowing where your materials are located. Coming up with a system for where you're going to keep all of your supplies for your group, like your markers, your post-it notes, your pens, where is that going to be in a cute little basket? Um, Knowing how you are going to plan for your caseload and then setting up a system so you know where your materials are. I use a crate from Walmart with 
file folder dividers. And that's where I stick my books, my articulation, my language, anything that I, any goals that I have, I stick it all in one spot for my themed therapy. And then I can grab that because it's right in front of me or, you know, so coming up with systems for where your materials are located, um, or where your, you know, where your books are so that when you are planning a themed unit or you're planning, um, therapy for your speech sound disorder students, you know where your materials are. And I would often create speech folders for specific sound patterns or for specific, you know, speech sound groups so that I had all my materials ready to go to grab when I needed. So if I have a lot of students working on R, I keep, I made like an R binder, you know, that had visual supports. It had, you know, sound loaded our passages, it had homework sheets, it had everything I needed so that if I was working with a student, I and go, you know, this activity isn't that much fun, or hey, I really want to send some homework home with them. I had all that stuff ready to go right there. And so you want to look at your caseload and look, okay, where do I feel like I'm scrambling all the time with my materials and how could I streamline that? So I did link, I'll link some blog posts, um, that have helped me with organization with the, with the crate, the therapy organizing crate. And also I love having an organization articulation container because then I can grab my manipulatives, um, all those things like the speech folders, the mirror, all the things that I need, they're all in one container. All right. So the last thing that you can streamline with your caseload, and that is your weekly speech therapy schedule. Now I am sure you have a weekly speech therapy schedule. Um, you probably have your system set up for that. But one of the things that I needed to streamline was how I was going to update my schedule and how I was going to plan for my week. Now, a lot of times I, you know, in the past, if I did not look at my schedule ahead or even like my month, like two months ahead, I would, I would not know when an assessment was due or I would forget that I had an IEP coming up. Um, or I would for, you know, I would I would struggle with getting all the things done, right? And so what I started doing was I started using a Google Doc with my weekly schedule at my site. So I was at two different sites. So if you're at one site, you can make a whole weekly sheet. I had a master schedule um, where I could just reference like who I was roughly seeing for students. But then I had almost like a daily schedule. But since I was at school's two and a half days. I had Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday at this elementary site, and I would fill out my weekly schedule. I would do this digitally. And then every week I would make a copy of it and put the week and make any therapy scheduling adjustments that I needed to for the week. And I also, this is the key thing that I did here for streamlining. I wrote in what I was doing at every free moment of the day. Isn't that, doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> it took me about 10-ish minutes to do each week. 
But I sat down and I would look at my week and go, okay, I have an IEP on Tuesday at three at one o'clock when I don't have a therapy group, I am going to be writing, um, Samuel's IEP and calling his mom to make sure she can go to that meeting, you know, at 10 AM when everyone is at recess, I will be photocopying worksheets for my unit. And so on Wednesday during my assessment planning time, or, you know, that's my assessment time, I'm going to be testing Samuel and then doing an observation at 1015 during his recess. And then from 1030 to 1115, I'm going to be starting writing his report, doing the background and, you know, whatever it else. But so do you see what I'm talking about? I planned out basically everything that I was doing all day long. And I did this number one, so that I could show my administration if they ever asked, well, what do you do with your time? What do you do with these free blocks of time? Well, I do a lot friends. I do a lot. No. So I, number one, it's to show what I'm doing at those times that this is how many times I'm staying after school for meetings. But I'm also doing it for myself, for my brain, because if you have a 10 minute, you know, I don't even want to say 10 minute break, but you have a 10 or 15 minute window of time and you don't know what you're going to do next, most likely you're going to go check your email or you're going to get distracted talking to somebody in the hallway. And sometimes, you know, that's okay, right? But when we're under the gun and we want to leave work at a decent hour, knowing that we got the things that we needed to get done for the day, you need to put it on your schedule. If it is not on your schedule, it will not get done. People say all the time, I don't have time for therapy planning. Well, if you put it on your schedule, you can plan. And I don't mean sitting there, you know, tediously planning out what you're going to do for each group, but sitting down and going, okay, I'm going to read these books with these grade levels. I'm going to look through the books really quick and check out what goals I can do. I'm going to grab my task cards and I'm going to look, I'm going to organize my YouTube videos. So I kind of have a rough plan for a lot of different therapy groups this coming week. And I put it on my schedule when I'm planning therapy. Um, because then it gets done and then I'm done with it. I, I know that I only have this much time and I get it done. It doesn't work perfectly because procrastination is a real, real thing, but it does help with that. It helps with my productivity. So to recap, the four things that you can streamline with your caseload is your speech referral process, your speech reports, where your materials are located, and your weekly speech therapy schedule. Now, I hope that this was helpful for you. Take one thing that you want to streamline and jot down some notes about what you could do. You don't have to do it right away if you're totally burnt out, but you want to you want to have a game plan for what you want to streamline at the start of the school year. So, I hope you have a great week. Stay inspired and I will talk with you next week. Don't forget to be the SLP that every kid wants to see. All right. Take care. Uh -huh.